from early stages, we begin to develop, you know, defense mechanisms. We begin to develop these kind of layers that kind of protect us, you know, from pain. And a lot of times what these do sometimes is often cut off access to certain parts of ourselves. How's it going everyone? Tom here from Dad Strong with another episode of the Dad Strong podcast. It's amazing. Tomorrow is Christmas Eve here in Germany. We celebrate on the 24th. So pretty excited about that. Pretty excited going into 2021 as well. And uh, what that holds for me and my family. Really stoked at all the progress I've made this year. And I really hope you guys have made the same kind of progress in moving towards the man, the husband and the father that you want to be connecting with those core values and living through that guys i'm really excited to bring you my guest today he's been on the show before his name is ryan walton and he is from sacramento california so a nice uh, nine hour time difference um but you know ryan has been exploring manliness and masculinity he's been on the journey himself to really go back into himself to find his true self and the man that he wants to be and how he is going to show up the best for his family for his friends and for his community today ryan and i have a awesome conversation that's quite wide-ranging and I think the most important part of this conversation is it's just about how Ryan and myself are very curious you know we have quite a few differences in beliefs we have a lot of similarities but being able to have those discussions and explore manliness explore masculinity being able to be vulnerable on one side but then obviously able to show up and be strong and protect us for our families so I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation I know I really did I hope you guys get something out of this and I hope you guys have an amazing Christmas time and New Year's and thanks so much for the support as usual but now over to my conversation with my friend Ryan. Hello, brother. How are you? I'm I'm good. Just let me close that. No, the door actually is closed. <laughs> my my kids are watching Dude Perfect next yeah. door. I just um, had some wonderful occasions. My daughter and son arrived back from their mom's house. They come here every second week, so we have one week on, one week off. My daughter's already broken her plate cutting cheese. And now she dove headfirst into an open door, like onto the edge of an open door. So just getting some ice packs done. And, uh, you know, it's always fun and games here around six o'clock, six o'clock now. So you know what it's like at six. It's kind of the, we just had dinner and stuff. So how are you doing, man? It's really cool to see you actually. Yeah, it's good to see you too, my friend. Um, yeah, it's morning here and we're just kind of getting going for the week. And um, it's pretty, pretty lazy mornings around here these days. But um, I share your experience. It, it tends to be around that between dinner and bedtime hours that my kids all of a sudden, like something just moves through their body and they just start going wild. Uh, so I relate to that experience, man. But uh, yeah, we're, we're waking up to just the, the winter solstice today. It's a... Oh, yes. Uh, thick fog thick fog here in northern california and it's uh it's uh it's good to be here that's funny we also had thick fog this morning i went up the mountain running in the thick fog Royce, i dig weather i like i've started to learn that all weather is good weather if you have the the right perspective i don't really complain about the weather anymore even though i'm in germany i'm a cape town boy so you are you in, where did yeah. you say you're from you're from sacramento right yeah in sacramento Okay, so it's similar kind of yeah. to Cape Town, I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't typically mind the weather. I would say, you know, we get really, we get some pretty extreme heat. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm with you too. You know, I think uh, perspective is key when it comes to weather. But I'm enjoying this today. Yeah, I think perspective in everything, and I think that a lot's happened since you and I actually last talked. Uh, well, uh, a whole lot actually. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. You've kind of just been communicating through messages, sometimes agreeing, sometimes disagreeing. So it's, I always love chatting with you because although we have a lot in common, there's obviously differences in opinion. So it's always been cool to kind of, um, you know, mm-hmm. back and forth with you every now and then. But how's, how's things been going for you? I think it's, um, you've obviously launched the, the um, one-on-one coaching, right, uh, for other men. And, and, and I think your focus is mainly on healing. I don't even want to just tell us about that because I find that very interesting. And just for myself, I was thinking about what that would look like if I would do something like that. Because for me, it seems more up my alley than big groups or something, the one-on-one thing. Sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for asking, and, and thanks for having me on this. This is uh, it's always good to talk with you as well, and I I so appreciate our conversations. Um, let's see. I walked away from a life in I was working in churches, in ministry um, for uh, this kind of the environment I grew up in, and I, I went to school. I had a degree in theology, and right out of, right out of college, I took a job as a pastor. I was working in full time vocational ministry. Um, and I walked away from that about a decade ago. I walked away from it really broken and, um, a lot of it, my own doing and was really having a crisis of self crisis of faith. And, um, you know, understand when you, when you kind of walk away, you step out of this, you know, these, this faith community and way of being my whole life was wrapped up in it. It was my job. It was my my social structure, my my you know, my income, community, identity, all these kinds of things. And so, really unraveled after that time. And the pain that I was going through also caused me to take a lot of the things that I was passionate about, which was working with people, which was being a part of helping people put their lives back together and, and the, the really the, the world back together. I took these passions, these desires, and I kind of I put them in a box, took it out to the garage and kind of put it on the top shelf, you know, where you, where you put all the old stuff that you don't really ever go to anymore. And it's really spent past, I think, you know, decade or so doing a lot of work, also punishing myself a lot for areas where I felt like I, I, I fell short and there's been a lot of healing, but it wasn't until, uh, let's see, January of um, 2019, maybe, I believe so, that um, I was on a, a retreat here in Central California with a group of about 30 other men. Uh, yeah, I remember that actually, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was a group of about 30 men and we went on this retreat and really the idea was about getting into unpacking um, narratives around masculinity, both ones that we hold personally, socially. Um, it was facilitated by a woman, uh, Dr. Hillary McBride, who's just this uh, just incredible uh, therapist, teacher, facilitator. and. You know, a lot of times when you go on retreats, you get away, there's this expectation that you're going to come back like renewed, refreshed, you know, revitalized. And that was just the complete opposite experience for me. <laughs> I came back, for, I came back from this retreat and I was, I was agitated. Uh-huh. Uh, I was anxious. I was short tempered with people. Hmm. And I was like, what is going on? What's, what's, what's happening here? Why am I feeling such unrest? And as I sat with that, 
for a couple of weeks, I'd real, I realized that while I had found healing in so many other places of my life, I was still, I was still benching myself in the game, you know, uh, and keeping myself on the sideline from the work that I really wanted to be about. And so I went back out in the garage, climbed up to the top shelf, took that box back off the shelf that I had put all those, you know, passions and desires to be about the work, working with others and work of healing. Mm -hmm. And I opened it up and I saw them with some fresh eyes and some new lenses. And um, simply put, I, I was like, ah, there's, there's this life in me that's calling out. This, this, these things I was feeling coming back from that retreat was really, I think this unlived life in me, just like calling to be, be let out. And it was in that moment that I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, I need to get back to this work. I need to get back to this work. I need to get back to this work now with some fresh um, perspective and some new lenses. And so I began to explore uh, different paths of healing from, um, you know, getting a master's degree um, and working in some sort of therapeutic profession and all these different things. And um, really found a handful of coaches, specifically coaches with men that I began to see what the kind of work they were doing and it automatically clicked with me. I was like, that's it. That's, that's what I want to be doing. Hmm. So I, I began the exploration and just doing a lot of, you know, having a lot of conversations with men's coaches and guys who had been in the work for a long time and um, putting myself under some men's coaches and to be coached myself right now. Um, so that all leads me to this point here where um, I, I'm starting to um, take one-on-one uh, -on -one clients. I'm wrapping up um, a coaching certification program here early this next year. And um, it's, it's been amazing. Um, I'm, I'm starting with kind of what coaching uh, guys one-on-one -on -one and um, that, that might evolve to kind of more groups and things like that. I hope it does. But right now that's kind of where we're starting. So right now I'm working with a handful of clients cool. and really, my, really the focus is simple. It's um, my belief that uh, when we have access to our full selves, Mm -hmm. um, we experience a greater joy, greater connection, uh, more vitality in our relationships. And then when we we're connected to our full selves, we begin to see everything else in its fullness. We begin mm -hmm. to see the world and others in their fullness. And mm -hmm. it, that translates into, um, uh, the way that we interact with others in our relationships. So that's the kind of work I'm up to right now, man. That's, that's where I'm at. No, it's been exciting. It's been interesting to watch you develop and see you getting into this lately a little bit more heavily and seeing you advertising it and, and then making me think about it and stuff. But what when you talk about your true self or, or your full self, which which I agree completely because that's something that I've realized this year. And a lot of people have been hard 2020 and it hasn't been easy on some fronts, but it's definitely been a great year for me as far as work goes, as far as introspection, as far as exactly what you're talking about. But when you say your full self, like, because I think it's important for men to understand what that is, because if you don't get there, I agree with you. If you don't get there, you're not actually going to find contentment. What does that look like? And perhaps what you could follow on and is a few things that you would do with guys to, to start the process of finding it. Cause that's not an easy thing. It doesn't just happen in like one sitting. That's something that's a process, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, all of us at some point you know, in our lives, um, we, whether it's, you know, a lot of times it's in childhood, any type of adult development work kind of teaches us that 
from early stages, we begin to develop, you know, defense mechanisms. We begin to develop these kind of layers that kind of protect mm-hmm. um, us, you know, from pain. And a lot of times what these do sometimes is often cut off access to certain parts of ourselves. So let me give you an example since you asked. So um, it could be for some people an emotional blockage, right? Experiencing emotion. I'll give you a personal example of me. Um, I don't like to be sad. Mm. So I avoid, I avoid sadness I think because there's a belief in me that if I am sad, that no one's going to be around me and I'm going to be unloved. Hmm. And I have a fear of being unloved. So I avoid sad experiences and sad emotions. Now, in my process and my journey, I have learned actually that sitting with sadness, accessing that in me and sitting with that allows me to actually open up access to something that needs to be worked on it needs to be healed something needs to be addressed oh why am i like begin to get curious with my emotions versus just like trying to avoid it by you know doing whatever going out and drinking or binging netflix or do whatever mm-hmm. right that avoids the sadness instead i sit and all of a sudden now there's, there's this part of me that's opened up i've had this opening right and access to to myself so it could be an, an, an emotional access. And so we explore the kind of things, what could be blocking that? You know, maybe for some of hey, oh my gosh, I, I have a lot of guys coming to me say, I don't even really know how to communicate what I'm feeling. Well, okay, yeah. so let's explore, yeah, let's explore. Yeah. Let's explore what, like, let's, let's get into those things. Some, so that, so it could be an emotional, so accessing that part of ourselves, our emotional selves. You know, there's, I think there's a, the myth out there is that men are not emotional which is like, couldn't be further from the truth, right? Have an incredible emotional capacity. But a lot of us are cut off from that because of, I think a lot of social norms and things like that and some of our stories and things we've been through. But so it could be that. It could be um, other guys are cut off from their bodies. You know, men, yeah, a lot of times the the masculine can be really heavy, a heavy cerebral uh, uh, energy heavy in the mind and getting back into relationship with the body. And I don't mean necessarily like, like getting fit or working out. I'm talking about a relationship with your body, a connection to your body. Um, something that is beyond, um, it working as a tool for you, but being something that you're actually in relationship with. Um, so an example of that could be, um, early this year, when the pandemic first hit here in the States, um, you know, we're all kind of trying to figure out getting our lives in order. Okay, what is this gonna be? And, and I was the kind of person who hunkered down like, okay, boom, we're, we're gonna make this happen. I had like, I had my uh, plan for every day just mapped out. I had color coordinated school charts for the kids. Like I had it all figured out. <laughs> I was gonna like, I was gonna conquer this thing. And we were just like plugging away, moving, 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 moving. A couple of weeks in, I throw up my back and I'm laid up. Hmm. 48, hours, 48 hours later, you know, I'm starting to push myself, getting up a little more. I throw it out again. I'm in some serious pain. I'm laid up big time. And um, my, I'm sitting right here. Um, 
in front of my bed and I'm just having these memories of just laying on my bed. Not only is there this pandemic out there that's keeping us in our house, I can't even get up out of my bed. It is total confinement, complete powerlessness. Hmm. And uh, I'm talking to my coach um, at the time, you know, he gets me calling, tell him what's going on. And he asks me a question that was really, um, I hated it. <laughs> I hated the question, but he asked me, he says, hey, um, he's like, tell me about how you chose this. And I was like, what? Like chose this? He's like, yeah, how did you? How did you, I'm like, well, I didn't choose my, my back just went out. This is something that's out of my hands. Now I want you to think about that a bit more. So like, okay, well, you know, maybe I haven't been, maybe haven't been as disciplined about my stretching and maybe some of the work mm -hmm. I've been doing on my back during workouts and things like that. Mm -hmm. He's like, eh, maybe that could, that, that could be true. There could be some physical reasons for that. Um, but he's like, think, think, maybe think even deeper. Why might this be happening? And what it came to was this, I had not dealt with my anxieties, my fears, and all of my um, stress about what was happening. I just tried to blow through it. And it was my body saying, hold on, time out. Our bodies have this incredible capacity, mm -hmm. right? To speak to us and tell us what's happening, right? And, um, I think that was an example for me of ah, returning to getting in touch with my body and having this relationship with my body where I can, I'm appreciative of what it, the way it speaks to me. Um, I care for it. And I almost treat my body as not this, or not only this thing that just walks my brain around, mm. right. But something that's integrated into my emotional and overall well-being. So for some guys, it could be like a really just you know, sexuality and sex and connecting with our bodies, a big thing. So there are a lot of reasons why, where we might be blocked off from accessing um, ourselves. And so depending on kind of what those blockages are, we work to begin to just make some cracks, maybe make some cracks in those, um, those barriers that are keeping us from accessing those parts of ourselves. So um, that's, that's the examples um, that you know, I, would, I would use right away um, with a lot of guys um it's interesting you know a lot of a lot of guys i talk to initial conversations it's like hey man so you know what brings you to coaching you know what you want to talk about and all of a sudden it's 45 minutes later i haven't said a word and they're just like they're just dumping it right and so you realize a lot there's a lot of guys who just need a space they need a space man they just need a space to talk and they need a space to to show up in a mm. in a, a place they can just be themselves, say what they're feeling and get things off their chest. Mm. Um, and it's pretty incredible even what happens in, in just a short amount of time. Mm. But I mean, it, it obviously starts with a self-awareness, right? In all those aspects that you talk about, you've got to be spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and, and physically aware because I totally agree with you. And I start to see... Uh, the effect that anger or negative emotions or bottling it up or uh, sadness that you're not letting out or or guilt or shame or whatever you've had in your life, how that eats away at your body. And I mean, it's been proven that there's, you know, there's a connection between our psyche and our body and how, how we're thinking a lot 
creates those emotions, right? And then it kind of like our emotions make us think more. And so it's the cycle that starts to just go worse and worse. Mm -hmm. And what I've started yeah. to do, and I don't know if you do this as well, is is just to sit with that emotional feeling within the body. Because you talked about the relationship with the body, and I completely agree with that. And that's what I've also been doing this year, being heading 43 next month, really becoming more aware of how I'm treating my body, how much you know, these diseases and immune systems are compromised by these negative emotions or bottling up. But just being able to, as Eckhart Tolle speaks about, just sit with an emotion and accept that I'm feeling this way. Because I'm the same as you. I cut off sadness, but I basically just um, shortcut to anger. So what I used to do is I, I cover up my sadness through anger. So Because anger is strong, right? Or we think it's strong, but it's not. So I, my whole life would just get angry with people and angry with situations and hit walls and all these kind of things but I wouldn't be sad. So I'd be safe. And for me, mm -hmm. I started to lately recognize these feelings in my body and go, Oh my God, you've had that your whole life. And you've not actually realized that that's what's driving your behavior, that feeling in your mm -hmm. chest, that emotion, that's actually a physical feeling. I don't know. Do you, do you find that as well with yourself and maybe with other guys that they start to recognize actually physical presence of emotion? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you even sitting with guys and, even during, you know, maybe one-on-one -on -one sessions, it's talking about like, you can, you can see people talking about certain things and they hold themselves in a, a certain way, mm -hmm. you know, okay. You know, wh where are you sensing this? As you talk about something, as you talk about um, um, this certain thing that happened in your life, where are you feeling this in your body? Oh my gosh. Like I, I feel that my shoulder, we, our bodies hold that, exactly, yeah. that stress and that tension somewhere. And when we begin to release that, right, and we, we maybe develop some embodiment type of practices or physical practices that help us begin to release some of that, yeah. it's, it can be incredibly healing. Um, so, you know, I, have, I know for me, I have these spots in my body that I know when they begin to kind of flare up or I begin to feel tension there. Okay, let me start getting curious about that. What's what's happening there? Is my body beginning to speak to me? And that's what I mean by like a relationship with your body, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, what is what is my body telling me? What do I need? Is it rest? Do I need to, what's going on here? Mm. And so, absolutely true. Definitely, we hold up. There's you know, and you mentioned it before. There's a ton of great research on the way our bodies hold our anxieties. They hold our stress. They hold our trauma. Um, it's really powerful. Do you look at the practical sides of things as well? Because obviously there is the mental, emotional side and becoming self-aware as a man and, and pushing through the bullshit that, I mean, you know, we've talked about masculinity before. Like I'm a big fan of masculinity in its mm -hmm. true sense. Obviously, I'm not a fan well, of it when it shows up in the negative sense, which I obviously don't think is very masculine. Like, for instance, there's a lot of these examples on the world stage at the moment of guys that I don't think actually are masculine at all, but would be a bad symbol. But, you know, there is that side of us that we have to break through. And like you said, we've got to chisel aware at it. Or when you really hit rock bottom, it can just disappear. You know, sometimes we don't want to go to rock bottom, but sometimes we actually need to go down there and actually, like you say, laying in your bed, yeah. flat out, out. And sometimes it takes a divorce or losing your kids and um, or going through a court battle and stuff and you only realize them. Yeah. But practical things as well. I found that alcohol, sugar, caffeine, and certain things have a major impact in not only my physical feeling, because as I said before, the brain and the emotions work together, but the body is part of it as well. Then creating that negative feeling that then makes, oh, I'm anxious, which then makes you feel even worse. And then you start behaving in ways that are negative, right? Which then kind of confirm the fears that you have about yourself not being adequate or not being able to relate properly to your wife, your kids and these things. Do you also coach guys on the practical side of things as in 
don't do this, do this, don't eat this. You know, these are also factors that influence how you show up or your emotions. And um, being. Yeah, some, I think if, if it calls for that, it might be sometimes, um, you know, guys show up and they want coach because something, there's a desire for some, maybe some patterns to be broken, yeah. right? And so sometimes to break a pattern, you have to step out of your current way of being, right? And sometimes that might be different types of things that might be showing up in, in some different ways. And some of those might be, um, now I would say this, I, I also know my lane, like I am not a nutritionist, you know, or anything like that. So I'm also, I'm also very aware that of, of where I can help and where someone else might need to see someone else in, in, in that case. So there, I, I am always really aware of that. Um, but yeah, sometimes it can be really practical. There's always, you know, uh, reflections and disciplines and things like that, that we try out, um, together to help kind of pull someone out of their current narrative and this story that they're living and to maybe imagine something different because a lot of us are we're stuck in these stories about ourselves we're stuck in these narratives about who we are um and our ego has created such a complex web of narratives around who we are that we then project out into the world and that we tell ourselves and sometimes we just need to hear someone say, no, that's bullshit, <laughs> you know, and yeah. help us kind of begin to pull out and see that and look mm -hmm. at it. And be like, oh, yeah, these are the things, these are the stories I'm creating in order to protect myself from this wound that mm -hmm. I have, you know. Um, and so that's, that's a lot of the work that really then translates into maybe some of those actual you know, everyday practical things, you know. Um, but yeah, everything matters, you know, in our lives. And that's what you're getting at, you know, from yeah. um, what we're taking in, from, you know, the, the sleep and relationships to our jobs. All of these things kind of matter, but it starts with us and what we believe about ourselves. Mm. What is the story we're telling about ourselves, and what are we what are we protecting? Getting to our essential selves and starting there. You're right. I mean, you know, you're talking about, um, uh, you, you might be getting some of my kids into the room on the audio here, but both that's, got that's it. life, right? Well, you're not here. Um, my kids in the other room. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it's interesting. You talk about these negative spaces and I, I it's interesting. We're talking about today, which is, you know, the winter solstice and mm. this, um, even idea of, of winter mm. and, this death that happens, this, these necessary deaths and this necessary darkness, the necessary cold. And it's such a beautiful um, thing that happens, death, right? Um, that is often scary, but is necessary. Mm. And we, we do so many things to avoid this. Mm. You know, we do so many things to avoid sitting in the places that hurt because we don't want to we want we want like these quick fixes it's even really easy i think for us often the christmas holiday as we've made it can often easily be just a big way to distract us from really sitting with the um the winter mm. and the the darkness of winter 
And so I think, you know, negative and negative emotions or so, you know, we, we call them are an incredibly important part of our lives as, as darkness is, is part is essential part of, of, of nature in the world and what we go through. And so mm. I think being able to sit and work through that and be with it, get curious about it is, um, is incredibly healthy. And so sometimes we can, sometimes we can only begin to move forward when we get, when we get to the bottom, mm-hmm. right? When we really unpack everything and we strip away all the, the stuff that we use mm-hmm. to defend, deflect the stories around ourselves, and we get to really the root of who we are, that is when we can actually begin to build and move forward. It's ironic. That's hard work. That's a lot of work. Yeah, but it is. It's kind of ironic because the things that we try to use as defense mechanisms end up hurting us. It's the it's the whole paradox of like I'm defending this self that doesn't mm-hmm. actually need any defensive and actually would have taken away those defensive or never put them in place, which we did probably unconsciously. That's the problem. We weren't conscious. We they just developed from a young age when mm-hmm. you're a kid. You don't know, and and that's the irony for me is that since I've started to break down the defenses, which is kind of like you're almost an army against yourself. It's like, here are the defenses and your warriors have to go outside and then break down the defenses because the defenses are the things actually keeping you from the rest of the world, you know, the, the beauty, the cold, the whatever, and um, experiencing life. Because for me, I've started to see life as an adventure this year, whether it be positive, negative, it's just what it is. It is something that is different. It's unique to me at that moment, all my children. I've been through hard things. You've been through hard things. And for me, the lack of acceptance of being able to be sad, because you and I have that in common, is just that mm-hmm. I started to realize, that, Tom, it's fine to be sad, man. Because what happens, I found, is that by pushing away the sadness, I make myself actually more sad under underneath it all. And as you said, then you start looking to other avenues to quell that, like putting Band-Aids over a broken bone. You know, it's like you don't want to yeah. go deep and get the MRI in case you might find cancer. It's like ridiculous. You've got to go, like I had my my knees, you know, I've got arthritis in both knees. I could have just ignored it and not seen it, but I went to the doctor and I checked it out and I got MRIs and they were like, you've got those. So then I got some medication. I started to doing certain workouts and I'm running again. And I think that's what mm-hmm. we do. We, we defend it and we keep ourselves from, from being hurt. And I, I don't know how much you yeah. find this, but I thought that learning stuff is great, but I think more important is unlearning, unlearning mm-hmm. the behaviors. Yeah. So then do you look into that yeah. as well with you guys? Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, unlearning you know, are the, the patterns and ways that we're showing up is huge. Um, I think so much of learning is about unlearning. And it's probably a necessary part of life. You know, we, we spend our childhood years building up and developing ego. Yeah. And once we enter kind of adulthood in, you know, that we begin to break down and break apart the ego. Yeah. You know, it's kind of this thing that we all go through to varying degrees. And absolutely, so, I mean, so much of my, uh, I think, adult life, at least in the past decade, has been unlearning a lot of things um, that, and a lot of big assumptions I've made <clears throat> about the life, about the world, about people, mm-hmm. um, about myself. And I'm, it's, a, it's a continual process for me. So absolutely, um, yeah, I mean, that process is huge for sure 
Yeah, and I mean, it's for our kids as well. I mean, the thing we haven't even touched on is being dads and how much we pass on to our children and how much we then become responsible for them at the same time. You know, I reflect on my parents and not that you want to blame them, but you can definitely start identifying the, the moments in your life that you can remember. And what I did very interestingly is I once was meditating and I went back to when I was a baby without actually knowing that I was a baby, but my little son looks similar to me and I've seen photos. Mm -hmm. So I kind of went back to... And imagine myself as this little child growing up in whatever I was growing up in. So I'm not going to go into detail, but imagining that and realizing that so much was put onto you before you even, you could even talk before you even knew what was happening and that yeah. it's not yours. You know, for me, that was one thing that this year has been amazing is to go, dude, Tom, that's not you. That's not yours. That, that way that you felt that you had to do this or A, B and C, or that emotion that now is attached to you is not yours. Mm -hmm. So if, whether it be anxiety, yeah. and I think you'll probably agree with your guys and yourself fear it's this massive fear and the seeking for safety that developed since we were small kids and going back to that i started to realize that's not you man and and but you need to look in the mirror and 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 see what's and all and i think that men especially we're afraid to do that we don't go to our girlfriends like women do so often and just break down and say this is what i'm really going through we kind of pretend mm -hmm. it's not there and then when we look in the mirror it's too late and then worse of all we pass that on to our kids Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's all sorts of different types of scripts that we inherit. Um, <clears throat> that it's not our fault and not even our parents fault. No, like these are some of these scripts <laughs> are like thousands of years old as people, you know, that, you know, fear and anxiety and this the seeking for safety. It's kind of wired into our DNA in a lot of ways. Um, and you're right, the stuff that is passed down. So, what, and whether these like scripts that we're given are religious, social, gender, you know, political, whatever, we're handed these things, right? Um, and they might provide us some sort of benefit as we age and grow up. Like, I think about like my own script, like I was born in the south in the united states into a white conservative evangelical structure <laughs> and that's where i grew up mm -hmm. and now now here yeah 39 i'm i can look back on that and i've, I've done a lot of wrestling and battling with that and whatever but i look back and i see where okay it provided me this right it provided me some structure and there were some great things that came out of it yeah yeah for me and it also limited me here and I can be able to hold those things, but me, and I hope that my children, since we're talking about kids do this, so it want to expand and grow beyond that mm -hmm. to begin to evolve and expand and, and integrate my experience. But yeah, it is about being able to pull apart some of those scripts and narratives that we were all handed um and that aren't always necessarily our fault but we do have to take ownership of them mm. identify them and and understand their impact and the way that they influence our everyday decision making because only when we when we begin to name it can we tame it yeah. right and then begin to move on yeah. so so why do you think it is that we as men especially just don't do that and 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 what do you think it is this this kind of knee-jerk reaction to this kind of thing you know to look deeper to get a bit emotional to do away with some of the archaic kind of beliefs and, and things that aren't working. Because as you said, I love that you said that. I like that you said, 
well, you know, when I was a kid, there were good things about it. I also grew up in a conservative evangelical Christian family. And if I could also throw the baby out with the bathwater and go like, you know, oh, that was bad, but I can actually take the good. So obviously with masculinity and being men, there's a lot of, I believe a lot of good things that we've inherited um, as being manly. For instance, I was thinking about it the other, other day. I don't know who it was inspired by, but I was just thinking about, you know, um, when you hold yourself to the standard of being a man, now this, this doesn't have to exclude women, but when I think of what a being uh -huh. a man is like, right? So it's a real man and a, and, a, and a real person that is really masculine. It's someone that is not going to shout at someone out of the car when they cut me off. I'm not going to swear at them. I'm not going to lose my cool when my wife doesn't do exactly what I, or what I want. I'm not going to scream at my daughter when she's not ready or broken something. For me, a real man doesn't do that. And then I find that me holding myself to the standard of what I believe is a real man. And in, in Latin, it's like semper virilis. It's like always manly, you know, and this can have a negative context to somebody else. But for me, those are the positives because for me, it really starts challenging me to not be weak. And that doesn't mean that I don't have the emotion. That just means that I don't take the emotion out on other people and that I treat other people negatively and make my life worse due to the emotion. Um, it means that I deal with it and I face it. I still can be sad. Like you say, I need to be sad, but that's done. Mm -hmm. You know, that can be done on my own or I can speak to a friend or I can speak to my wife, but in my behavior, in traffic, in school, in front of my class, my class at school, I'm a grade five teacher. And, you know, I, I think a real man doesn't berate like children. So for me, mm -hmm. when I'm about to like lose it with a kid, I take, instead of taking option A, which is just lose it or be sarcastic or break them down. I take option B, which is in my opinion, a manly thing. But then on the other hand, as we've been speaking about, and I think it's important because I think it's important for guys listening and guys um, that are having this discussion to be open to everybody's point of view. Because I know a lot of guys that listen to this or guys that I talk to that would be a lot of your opinions would rile them up <laughs> the wrong way. And we'd kind of exclude the conversation. You know what I mean? A lot of guys would just yeah. not follow you anymore. And yeah. there's probably people that would um, that follow you that would look at me and go, well, I'm unfollowing him and I don't want that to happen. So, you know, it's, it is, mm. it's not just black and white, but I think it's important so for me to say what I'm saying about the positives that holding myself up to a manly standard of what I understand as a uh -huh. good, man, good father. Yeah. But there are these mm -hmm. things that are holding us back from showing up and being real men that we do attach to manliness. And I think you're a little bit more experienced in this. What do you think are those things that are attached to our idea of what a man should be and masculinity that are holding us back from being the fathers, husbands, and mm -hmm. just the citizens that we can be? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's always important. And I appreciate all that. I also didn't know you were a grade five teacher. Oh, That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I yeah. about you. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Oh, they teach. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love. I love that. <laughs> um, when we talk about masculinity, I think it's always important to kind of address what we're talking about. And you know, for me, I talk. I'm, I'm learning to see these more. I'm using my hands a lot. I know this is a podcast. People won't be able to see me, but just picture, picture me. If you know me, I'm using my hands a lot. Put this on YouTube. Um, is, <laughs> yeah, nice. Well, um, is uh, Maybe I will. masculine and feminine. These are energies. Yeah. These are energies that exist. And, you know, you, you hear a lot of people, um, kind of some of the really deep thinkers around masculine and feminine energy, that these are energies that exist in all things. Mm. This way that the, universe itself has wired these relationships to be these this these partners in throughout the energy of life and feminine and masculine energies exists in all of us right 
that I don't want to over, this isn't, so it's not so much when we talk about it always, it's all about, well, masculinity is male or penis owners, right? And feminine is, is you know, whatever. It's not overly, I'm not gendering them. So I'm just saying these are energies that exist mm -hmm. and accessing this masculine energy, accessing this feminine energy, both are necessary parts of creating in life. Like, all sorts of symbols throughout history. Think about yin and yang, right? Those are like these kind of symbols of mm. masculine and feminine energy working together. And so I think it's kind of important. You know, now, so that's one conversation. Then there's also conversations about, you know, if we want to talk about like social structures, male, female, all this other stuff, and kind of gender politics and how that impacts some of these energies. I think that's just, that's another kind of conversation and distinction to yeah, make. Yeah, so yeah. we can have those kind of conversations on some of those different levels, right? Like, you know, there are a lot of guys I know, maybe even myself included, that accessing a feminine energy is really easy, right? And there's some guys, and there's some guys that accessing that masculine energy is really easy. And some people might be more kind of integrated or can go back and forth. You know, there's a lot of different ways that, that people can show up. But I think what you're getting at is maybe talking about some of these things about men in particular look, and this is something I am passionate about is looking at history, collective healing, um, uh, talking about uh, issues around gender, gender justice and ways that collectively men, males show up and that masculine energy that men access, how it shows up in the world. Yeah how it should is it bringing life is it bringing is it expanding people is it is it bringing a protective energy to the world in the way that says hey world it shows this loving embrace allowing every bit of life on this planet to thrive right mm -hmm. so we talk a lot about masculine about this protector about this strength which is beautiful right um mm -hmm. and um is it doing that or is it just, is, is, it, is it the unhealthy masculine simply seeking to dominate? Yeah. To just screw everything, right? Literally. To, to, to own and to possess. Yeah. Yeah. That's the unhealthy masculine, right? Mm. And for me, I, this is something I've explored about my own life. So um, I'm white, um, I am straight, I uh, was born into a Christian um, uh, household. In a sense, I very, um, I very, I've lived a very privileged life. Yeah. Um, due to things that I did not choose or didn't do anything to like obtain. Mm -hmm. And um, so my thing is looking back and saying, hey, how are we as men now limiting ourselves and what are the stories personally that are blocking us from yeah. going back to talking about what are things that are blocking us from accessing our full selves there are also systems in place in the world that are not working and are destructive and are not bringing life and as men um, we created them. 
because history. And so there's a lot of things when all of a sudden, um, I looking back and you think about history of, of men and um, which is really a lot of like, you know, the last, you know, 2000 years, I began to listen and meet people and hear stories in the past decade of my life that have just really unraveled me and have really opened me up to um, ways that are in the world um, where people just aren't free. And as a man asking myself questions about, well, why is that? Let's look at some of the roots of some of these things. How am, and, and I realized in my life, there were ways that I had been showing up in my masculinity, in my masculine energy in my life that have been harmful to others. They have not been protective, right? They have not been life-giving. Um, and in changing those ways, I begin to see how I think a lot of times in our cultures um a lot of guys fall into these traps so i mean we've been talking about it you know emotionally distant you know we in sometimes in our own sense of wanting to be this like oh the uh, strong protective kind of warrior yeah what we do is well every i, I in a spirit trying to protect everybody else I'm not going to sit in my sadness. I'm not going to find a place where I can weep and be broken and be unraveled. Mm -hmm. And so what I do is I just ignore that for the sake of keeping everybody else hmm. good. Interesting. Taking care of everybody else, yeah. right? But what happens, right? We've talked yeah. about how that impacts our bodies, how it impacts our emotions. And all of a sudden we're raging on someone because they cut us off yeah. on the freeway. And you're like, where did that come from? Oh my gosh, I just blew up on my kid. Where did that come from? Oh, that came from all these different things that we're not dealing with, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of those kinds of things that happened in um, our, our world that kind of prevent men from being, I think there's a lot of, even stories. I mean, I mentioned it before around, you know, there's the really simple narrative that women are emotional and men are not right like that's just this kind of narrative that's out there you're like where did that come from and how is that just literally killing men mm. um so i think there's a lot of those things that we, we we push against um that are that are impacting men i mean it's crazy I mean, suicide rate amongst men is is wild it's 75 percent of all suicides are men and we hear that and we're like oh wow but literally, if you were like 75% of suicides are women, everyone would be going, what's going on with women? Yeah. But we say it about men and we're like, why? Because I think a lot of times men, men's bodies are kind of disposable. Yeah, exactly. There's this sense. And so there's these things that are kind of are happening around, um, you know, what is it, you know, in, I think it's happening all over the world, but particularly in this country this year, we've had a lot of, you know, race, racism um, on a systemic level kind of keeps on coming up in this country because it's part of our DNA. It's part of the foundation of this country is all that. And um, 
a lot of this stuff kind of roots itself in like white patriarchy. That's who created this system of, of, of slavery and domination of other people. And these kinds of ideas get seeded into us as people. And so being able to see them and break them apart. And so I, I do work with a lot of guys around exploring issues of justice, whether they're showing up in the world as a man and what that looks like to be an advocate for and a true protector, a true advocate, a true warrior for other people. And that a beautiful masculinity and a beautiful masculine presence is protective, it's decisive, it's also allows space and creates a, a type of environment where everyone has the ability to live into their fullness and be who they are. I think, I mean, well, there's so much nuance around the, the discussion, you know, and I think, like you said, it's good to define the terms. And I think this is the problem is a lot of people talk past each other, because as I've said with you and me, it's like we do have differences in opinion. It's not like I'm going to say, yes, I agree yeah. with everything. But I think that it the tendency is to just write everybody off and not to understand that everything's like a lot in the gray and there's a lot of things that yeah you know you've got to look into it and that's why i encourage guys who listen to this just to, to think on it because there's no harm in thinking you know and i think to being open-minded and and admitting we don't know is one of the is, is as socrates said that's you know that's how you learn the one thing i know is i don't know and that's why how you become wise is by listening to people who are different to you like i can listen to people who i agree with and i'm like yes 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 and they agree with me you know, it doesn't really expand me. It doesn't make me right. look deeper. And like you mentioned being free, and I think we should delve into a little bit about that, you know, but I think that I just don't, I just, what I don't like about all the discussions happening at the moment, or which I don't think is beneficial for our children and ourselves is just this polarization of like, well, I, I'm like this and I'm like this. So I believe that slavery and all these yeah. things have, have, you know, created how the world is it today. And then the guy's like, well, we can't just think about it. And then nobody talks to each other anymore. And it's kind of a, mm -hmm. I think that's a manly thing as well. It's like, let me just shut him yeah. up. I don't want to hear about him anymore. Yeah. You're white. I'm black. For instance, you obviously believe in this. I believe in this. And I think that for our children's sake and for the world's sake at the moment, you know, it, we, we look at this, this world that we live in at the moment and you don't want to be a pessimist or doomsdayer, but but you know you don't. We don't know what's going to happen, especially in your country. It's not clear what's going to happen. But what is clear is that real men who are, as you say, with that beautiful masculinity, that ability to go deep down inside, and find freedom, because that's what I'd like to unpack before we start wrapping up here. Because I think that's very important. Like I've been reading this book, Ryan, and I want. To, I I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's called Quiet. Okay. Mm. Have you ever heard of it, Susan Cain? You I heard have. Of it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's all about introverts and extroverts. And although it's not talking about masculinity or all these things, it was just very interesting because we've got a very extrovert ideal culture. You know, mm -hmm. our culture, especially now with social media, with getting out there, everybody needs to get out there. In our schools, everybody works in groups. It's all about how you can speak, how you can sell yourself and being gregarious and how introverts end up in that world trying to show up like an extrovert or feeling like they need to show up as an extrovert and actually living mm -hmm. their lives in that that false identity of actually oh i'm an extrovert and don't even realize that they're not that they're actually an introvert and that they've been sold the bill of goods that this is success and so this was kind of like a picture for me how we all think we have to be as men we have to be this we have to do that we have to climb the ladder and i'm glad mm -hmm. you mentioned that because i feel i do feel that a part of masculinity or manliness is this innate never-ending hamster wheel desire to 
not dominate, mm. but, but kind of dominate, like climb the ladder, like be the guy in the boardroom. When you see someone to else, win. Showing, yeah, to win, yeah. When you see someone else showing up in a strong way, getting all the laughs, you want to show up and one up them, or you want to tell a joke, or you see a guy with a thousand, hundred thousand followers kicking ass at this, when mm. it might not be in line with you. And that's why I talk about freedom and why I've been looking into that so much this, this year and at the end of the year becoming a bit disillusioned with the whole self help industry and everything, because I feel mm. people are making men feel guilty for who they are and they're making men feel inadequate because men are putting themselves and they have to go, you know what? I have to be like A, B, C, or D, or D. And you mentioned working out on all these things. My personality, I love certain things and I'm going to love what I'm going to love. And I'm going to follow that now. And I'm not going to love something because I think someone else is expecting that of me. And I'm not going to pursue something because I think it gives yeah. me kudos or it gets me affirmed or it gets yeah. me... Um, approval and I think that that's so important and that's where for me and, and I'd love you to elaborate as we like I said as we close down is that I find that that's what freedom is freedom is like if you're an introvert you don't have to go around saying a happy hello to everybody in the morning you don't have to have a million friends if you are that kind of person and you are much happier and feel better like connecting one-on-one -on -one with people and, and reading a book yeah. and becoming knowledgeable yeah. and you know I so I don't know if you agree with that um actually no, yeah but but would you would you agree on that kind of thing of freedom is, is finding like your true self and not putting yourself under the expectations of another man, someone on social media or someone else yeah. in the world who is saying this is what a real man is. This is what you're supposed to be, because I think yeah. it's hurting. The self-help industry is doing, in my opinion, just as much damage as it's doing as it's doing good. Tom, I, yeah, I, I agree with so much of that. I think one of the things that we do so much is we do this and yeah this guy is a man oh yeah Dwayne the Rock Johnson that's what a man is no hair bro no hair first of all I got more hair than him so. yeah 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 mm. we, or, or we or whatever we we <laughs> we have this like hierarchy of like of like man manliness right oh yeah. this is a man yeah but like Mr. Rogers yeah. also a man I think you mentioned this last time yeah both both incredibly like powerful in who they are and yeah. I think what you're, that's what you're saying. Like, yeah. find who you are, find your true self, show up in your fullness, be who you are. And I think what happens though is often, in, and I work with so many guys like this. And I think that they're maybe attracted to my work, guys who've always felt like they're on the outside. Yeah. They are the guys who at school got called sissy, got called all these kind of names that they didn't fit the tip of like what all the other guys thought was like a man's man. And so I think that when, when people talk about like unhealthy masculinity, sometimes it's often, look, how that manifests itself in your life is, is if you're seeking out like your true, your true nature, great. It's when all of a sudden something gets imposed yeah. on others. And over time, when it gets imposed on others so much, it, it becomes structural and even violent that's what I think we're beginning to unpack. And so I think you're, you're right on, man. Find out who you are, be that. And if someone else's way of being masculine, like begins to kind of feel threatening to you in some way, get curious about that, right? Mm -hmm. Get curious about like, curious. okay, you know what? So I, I, that's, that's, I think what I'm about is saying, hey, uh, I think the, the true healthy masculine can hold space. Mm. Hold space for the way that masculinity might show up for different people under the guise of mm. of love and care, right? And yeah. that we're all we're all a part of this. Yeah. So, man, I I'm I 
100% like agree with that. I think it's when we start saying, oh, well, he, you know, he's gay. So not, not, not a real man. This man who might be trans, not a real, when we start, when we start like man policing <laughs> and mask and like, and like masculine policing, I think that's where we should kind of pause a little bit and be like, okay, what's, are we, are we really showing up and being able to protect and hold space for humanity mm. and, and the experience of others? So hundred percent, man. I like, but I like the word you use there that like get curious. I think that's, that's a great, great way of putting it because there's nothing to fear. There's nothing for me to fear like delving into my masculinity or delving into mm -hmm. the fact that I'm doing things that I, uh, I shouldn't be doing or that are maybe you know unhelpful to my family. There's nothing to fear for what, whoever you are on either side of the, of, you know, there's a huge spectrum. We look at like, you know, how we are neurologically and there's such a spectrum of what kind of people we are, whether we're men, women, black, white, Chinese, whatever. Mm -hmm. We're afraid mm -hmm. to look at the spectrum of being a man and what they can look like. Now that doesn't mean, um, and that's why I love that you say get curious because sometimes you will feel uncomfortable and you will feel threatened by something that is good for you. And sometimes you're going to have to take that path. You know, if you're a lazy guy who's sitting watching Netflix, eating chips the whole night, you know, basically a flabby body, not showing up mm -hmm. as a dad, then maybe that guy challenging you to get off the couch, stop watching Netflix, cancel your, your subscription, stop looking at your phone and get out there, get fit, get healthy. Mm -hmm. That is good for you. And maybe you do need to do some quote unquote, traditionally manly things, because it's going to make you feel good. I think it's just uh -huh. when we're imposing, like you say, on everybody, because there are some guys and teenagers who don't have male role models. A, a lot of them, you know, they grow up without a teacher that's really been interested in them, that have dads that have been pathetic, they've had dominating mothers or whatever. And then they can show up in a way that they just in the basement playing TV games the whole day and don't feel accomplished. So, you know, getting them outside and putting them in, under stress in the forest and getting them to make fires or, mm -hmm. you know, doing mm -hmm. a workout and be yeah. uncomfortable in the rain is exactly what that guy needs. It's just yeah. not everybody is going to need that to show up. Yeah. They want. yeah. And that's the freedom is to go, you know, and that's where we're getting it wrong. We're getting wrong. Like the guys, the big build guys, well, well, everybody needs to be like this and everybody needs that. And if they're not, they're going to end up like a, a killer that goes in on a rampage at school because of this and this. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other side going, no, everybody should just be however they like and you should leave them alone. But it's mm -hmm. not the same. I think we have to understand, like you say, it's not man policing. It's human, it's human connection and understanding, yeah. each other, understanding mm -hmm. like, and, and I think you're right. It's like getting curious in yourself, like looking at myself and going, Tom, do you really need a, do you need to have a million followers on your podcast to feel good about mm -hmm. yourself? And if you mm -hmm. do, then you should stop doing it right now because you really shouldn't need that to feel success. Right. Do you need a full big beard of, of, on your face to feel manly. Do you need to be huge? Like these guys that are huge and I'm, I'm happy for them, but I'm never going to be that. And if I put my life following that ideal of being that I'm going to put in so much time and energy and stress, maybe not get there. And then I'm putting all my, mm -hmm. my eggs in that basket. And when I don't get there, it's bad. But if, even if I do get there, suddenly I get there and I go, Oh, I'm still unhappy. Oh, I'm mm -hmm. still, I'm still discontent. Yeah. And so for me, <laughs> totally. it's like, I'm trying to get off that. And, and for me, I'm ending this. I'm, I'm considering about putting a, a plug in the interview shows for a while because I've been doing it for so long and it just takes a lot mm -hmm. of time for my family and stuff. Yeah. And it's kind of a challenge, but for me, I've just got to the point in my life where it's, which, which is really great at the end of this year where I just feel that I'm following the right things. I'm following like who I am. I'm starting to realize mm. through, through reading like this, you would never guess that I would identify now when I do the quiz about an introvert that I'm answering most of the questions as though I'm an introvert. No one would ever guess that.
And I wouldn't yeah. have guessed that on myself, but I start seeing, hang on. Oh, you do get your energy when you're alone. You don't like to see people first thing in the morning. You don't like small talk. You like deep conversation, which is why podcasts work for me because I don't, we talk about the weather for two minutes and then it's like, I'm into that. And I get love into it. it. But, that, <laughs> yeah. but you think that that's an extrovert. And so getting in touch and being curious about my life and being curious about where I have been putting up these walls and being, mm-hmm. being in touch with my weakness and my, my, my emotions that have been holding me back. And then jumping off the, the rat race and, and stop climbing the ladder or feeling like I've got to achieve anything to be anybody and understanding that, yeah. no, that this, these things are coming at the detriment of my family and the detriment of my own contentment. And I've never been as content in my whole life. And that's been the whole journey of dad strong and, the main thing it was for other guys and i wanted to help other guys and i ended up like helping myself mm. than anybody and you would say oh well that's a year and a half of whatever and you go well you know if i've become a better husband and a better father through what i've done you can't put any if i'd made a million dollars and had a million followers that would be worth less but that's the same thing right men look at the money value and they look at the, right. the status value and so they would look at mm-hmm. something that i'm doing if i would quit now the guy oh, there's a guy he folded meanwhile i'm going dude, I've gained the world, you know? And I think that's where oh, switch, yeah. right? That's beautiful, man. And I got to tell you, like, I noticed a difference in you. Like, you know, we've only, I know we've only, like, we, we talk a lot just via, you know, text and argue Instagram, but like <laughs> even, even, even earlier when we chatted, like I've, 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 I feel that in you, man. Like I, I feel this, um, a, um, I, I, I'm trying to find the the word that really matches the feeling. I don't know if it's a peace or a, it's kind of this contentment you're talking about. Maybe it's a lightness, a, a lightness in yourself, a comfortability with yourself. I just, I want you to know, like, I, mm. I noticed that in you, man. I affirm that. So well done um, in mm. that work. Well, thanks. But so, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's funny because you say well done, but it's kind of like, like you say, unlearning, peeling back the layers, going yeah. back to the beginning, getting rid of all the, the masks and the things that that have tried to protect me and then making it forward to the part where you i mean kids do it right and that's why i i i kind of advise everybody to have children because <laughs> because if you do it the right way and you raise them to be you know positive influence in society you're not going to get it perfect but i just find that children challenge you so much oh, gosh, look inside yeah. yourself because no longer is it yeah. me like oh that girl doesn't like me or oh i can't get that job or oh i'm not in great shape and whatever you know i don't have money it's oh my gosh i've got all these little kids that are that are you know becoming a product of the way that i treat them and the way that i show up and and the role model that i am for them mm-hmm. has been negative in some ways and recognizing mm-hmm. that it's just gone tom you need to make the change and and yeah. then it's like, it's game on, you know, the stakes are high for me. The stakes aren't just yeah. me trying to protect my masculinity. It's me going, well, how is that, how is that affecting your children and you as a father? And then, you know, when you start feeling that contentment and I'm pretty sure you have started to feel it as well mm. of, of late, you know, um, it's just, it's magic. It's, it's more magic than any achievement when I did academic achievements or sports achievements or got that girl that I want, which was great. You know, I'm very happy that I've got my wife as well, but yeah. When you start yeah. realizing that it's the contentment isn't attached to any of those. Yeah. It's contentment. Yeah, there's, there, getting in touch with there's yourself. There's a freedom in that, man. There's a freedom in that just to, to find yourself and to be who you are. And I think people are magnetized to that. You know, um, you know, I talk to, you talk to people who have achieved, I'm using air quotes here, achieved all these things, right? The, the job, the, the house, the money, all that kind of stuff they come in touch with someone who's truly found themselves. And that is like, they would, there's a magnetism to that. 
there's a magnetism to finding yourself being who you are in the world, showing up, living your, your true self in a, in, um, in a just fierce, wild way. Yeah. Like, I think that is something that is really, really powerful. Um, so yeah. Yeah, And guys listening, get curious. I think that's the theme is get curious with yourself and realize you're not somebody else. You like one, you know, it sounds cheesy, but you really are a unique individual. You're the only one of you that exists. Nobody's going to be mm-hmm. able to tell you exactly how to live your life. No book is going to have all the answers. It's spending time alone. I find just walking in the forest in the morning in the dark, like alone yeah. time has been something I was afraid of as well. Like we tend not to just want to go sit alone, but reflecting on who I am, you know, often I walk up the mountain thinking about other people and what they, how they've annoyed me like for 15 minutes. And then afterwards I always flip the script and I go, okay, now let's talk about you. And that really has revealed yeah. a lot of things about me going, yeah. oh, yeah. you don't like it in that person. That's interesting because you're doing exactly the same thing. Oh, you think they're egotistical. Well, that's funny because why are you even noticing that? Because your freaking ego is so big. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I say this often that our shadow probably exists in the thing that we spend a lot of time defending. Mm. So, you know, it, it's easy to be like, okay, you know what? It's kind of the extreme example is like the classic story of like the politician who is like anti, you know, the, the male politician just like writes all the anti-gay legislation, ends yeah, up yeah. getting caught in some crazy, you know, situation yeah. with some guy. You know, it's that's a that's an extreme example, but often where we spend a lot of time railing against the thing that we're battling internally. And so that's, that's another place you could get curious. What am I spending a lot of time defending? Mm. And am I really trying to heal something in myself? Am I really trying to push back on something that I'm experiencing? That's a good, that's a, that's a great place to get curious. (laughs) And I think, I think it's true. Like when you, when you're focusing a lot on the outward or on the outward Mm -hmm. achievements or outward just endeavors, yeah, take a lot of attention on the spotlight of yourself. And for me, I've also realized the biggest lesson is to be selfish in in the right way, which is self centered in that you look at yourself first, you come home, you you make you you strengthen the home, you strengthen mm-hmm. your heart, you strengthen yourself first before you're trying to go and dominate mm-hmm. there and dominate there and get the perfect body, the money the what there's nothing wrong with those things. But there will always be a mask and there will always be something that will actually prevent you. For me, it's almost mm-hmm. detrimental. They'll prevent you from yeah. actually looking at yourself. So you call back. Mm-hmm. I talk about, you talk about warriors. I talk about sending out your warriors untrained mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, ba- not battle ready. You send them out to do all these things. They need to come back to be trained and mm-hmm. to obviously, you know, to strengthen you as a person. And then once you've strengthened the citadel, mm-hmm. then you open up the gates and you start going conquering different lands or seeing mm-hmm. different things and, and putting it out there. So anyways, Ryan, man, it's been real. It's uh I didn't yeah. have any notes. I didn't prepare at all because I knew that uh, we'd get we'd get going. I don't even do notes anymore at all, actually, because I just <laughs> letting it flow. But um, I appreciate yeah. you, man, and I appreciate always uh, your open mindedness and willing to. Sometimes I've always thought, is he gonna um, is he gonna stop following me? Is he gonna unfollow me? Because sometimes we've had these like back and forths. Because people are like that, man. It's amazing to me. It's like I, uh, some dude I, I commented that his prediction of the election was wrong, and this is a well known self help guy in the masculine area. I commented, mm-hmm. hey, your prediction, he predicted like Trump was going to like trans Biden. He had the whole map. And I said, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. that's already that's already wrong. Next thing I look, he's, he's, he's blocked me. And I'm like, you're this type of person telling me that all the left people blocking and getting triggered by 
the the rights are like <laughs> yeah same thing it's like it's no man yeah no I, I i love you as a brother um and i i always appreciate our conversations now I've, I've never i've never even considered it like um uh, I, I i love I love interacting with you and I'm just, I'm glad to call you a brother. Thanks for having me on today. Let's, uh, let's do it again. I, I let's try to get you over on daring to dad. Um, let's do yeah. a, let's do a live this next year. Yes, man. And, um, just before you go, dude, tell people where they can get hold of you and, and guys that want to delve deeper and get curious, man. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm at daring to dad. Um, you can find me at daringtodad.com. Um, but yeah, hit me up there. I, I love having dialogue and interactions and agree, disagree. Like this is a space to um, have conversation around masculinity, fatherhood, faith. Those are kind of the three areas where I, that I speak to. And again, I do um, uh, men's coaching one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. So yeah, look me up. Love to, love to connect. So that wraps up my conversation with Ryan. I really enjoyed that one, especially at the end of the year, reflecting on myself and the things I've learned and the ability to be curious, to pay attention to myself, to pay attention to the areas of my life that need changing to make sure that the goal is to step up as a father, to be a better friend, to be a better colleague and have a better influence on anybody that comes into contact with me. So guys, hope you guys are curious. Hope you guys are more open-minded after that. Whatever side of the fence you stand on, there is no fence. There are not just black and white opinions. There are a whole nuanced area of gray where we can uh, find out and discover in ourselves and uh, take on whatever works for us as fathers and our families. So keep working on developing that strong mind, that strong body, and that strong character as we love our families more effectively, lead more effectively as well, and leave that legacy. So until next time, guys, stay dad strong.